Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, more than four years ago, let me just stop that for a second before I do my intro. Get out a pen and paper. Pen and paper. Stop right now. Get pen and paper. You're going to want to write down stuff today? Pen and paper. Stop what you're doing. Pen and paper. Okay. More than four years ago, David Gibbs III came on iWork for him and shared some remarkable information about what rights we have in the workplace and what rights we don't. In those four years, we've added a significant amount of persecution and a significant, monstrous amount of lack of tolerance for anything having a biblical worldview. So what's legal for you to say and do regarding your faith in the workplace? Do you know? What rights do you have in your workplace regarding your faith? Do you know? Can you pray? Can you read your Bible? Can you hold a Bible study? Can you even invite somebody to church? Is it different if you're a teacher at a public school or a worker at a private company? The answer is, you're going to find out. Stay tuned as we explore all these options and more with David Gibbs III from the National Center for Life and Liberty, found online at ncll.org. That's ncll.org. David Gibbs III, welcome back to our work for him. We know the courtrooms have invaded America. They're in our politics, they're in our businesses, and they're certainly even in our ministries. And so understanding how to do everything God's called you to do, we encourage churches to have maximum ministry, uh, but to do it with minimal liability. And we believe there's a smart way and a less smart way to do everything. So as an attorney, how did you become focused on religious liberty in our country? Well, couple of things number one i believe that god gives you a calling okay and it's it's nothing mystical it ties into your talents your purposes your opportunities uh, but i believe there is a call and i went to law school not to just get an education or to make money and there's many good lawyers that do that but the reality is i wanted to help real people with real problems and i saw the need across the nation Uh, I had the privilege of watching uh, my dad and others that were attorneys that were involved in standing up on some of these issues. And so it was sort of one of those Queen Esther type moments where I had to just make a decision. You know what? Here is the situation. Here's what's going on in my country. And I feel like it's important to stand up and speak up for him. And so uh, I love what I get to do as an attorney. You know, sometimes my staff accuse me of being a frustrated social worker. I want to solve the problems and help people (laughs) and uh, make a difference. But uh, I love what we get to do in standing up for rights. And a lot of times when we're representing a church or an individual in the courtroom, um, I can say quite honestly, not only are we representing them, but we're also getting to represent Jesus Christ. And you've done it all the way up to being representing these people in front of the Supreme Court of the United States of America. I've had the honor, uh, Jim, of uh, doing it at all different levels. And a lot of attorneys don't even get to court with the nature of our legal system and so much being transactional. Uh, but we pick juries. We do cases where we'll be in court with a trial judge for weeks on end. Uh, we do cases on appeal. They can go up to appellate courts. And then, as you've mentioned, our highest appeals court uh, that has a discretionary decision-making process. We've just... Uh, put some final touches on some briefs that are going to be going to the Supreme Court, asking them to take a case, kind of an interesting case out of North Carolina and Michigan, uh, dealing with uh, government prayer. Uh, can uh, officials actually pray and use the name Jesus in their prayers? And that will be moving its way up to the Supreme Court. Hopefully they will take that case for next year. 
Uh, but we're just honored to uh, stand and make a difference and try to be that salt and light. Uh, some days they say, well, you got to feel like David and Goliath. But I just always remember, uh, God can propel a little tiny rock and do some big damage. Well, and it's good to be, it's better to be David than Goliath in that case. Absolutely. You know, Goliath feels big and cocky, but uh, when God propels that rock, uh, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Mm. And, and we don't want our government to fall, but we do want the rights that we have to... I mean, our country is founded on the Bible. It's founded on the Christian faith. I mean, it was founded on the freedom to be able to exercise that faith. Well, Jim, you mentioned the Supreme Court, and and I joke, they're appointed for life. So when we're before the Supreme Court, sometimes it's like nursing home ministry, you know, walkers, wheelchairs, life support, you know, they're they're quite old up there. But as you look over... I have several of them listen to this show. Oh, they're probably now very upset. But the reality is, uh, when they look at the stone freeze over where they sit, uh, is Moses and the Ten Commandments etched right in the stone. And sometimes people are just aghast. How could a religious symbol end up in the Supreme Court? Well, we understand American law is based on the English common law. And the English common law was based on a common source, the Word of God, the Bible. And so what they were taking was biblical principles and putting it into the law. Our Constitution was written with those same principles. And so one of the things that, that people often say about the legal system is, you know, is it totally broken? Not honestly. It just needs to go back to the foundation upon which it was built. If we move to a foundation where we say uh, the Word of God is now once again important, principles will prevail, we can move away from all the moral insanity that we're wrestling with in our culture. Well, and a lot of people have, have a big confusion. Why don't we deal with this as we head into the break? A lot of people think, you know, when Jefferson wrote his letter about the separation of church and state, the whole idea behind the government was to keep the government out of our church. Not to keep church out of our government, not to keep God out of our government, was to keep the, the government from getting involved in our church. That was what he was talking about, yet that has been misused. Mis- well, you just talk about your legal perspective. You know way better than me. Well, and Jim, you see tremendous confusion. Okay, you have a president writing a letter. Okay, I mean, I, I hope someday the Supreme Court is not looking at Donald Trump's tweets and trying to create <laughs> constitutional doctrines. Okay, I mean, I think we have to look at what it actually is. Okay, now I say this respectfully, and I, I work with Baptists all over the country, but it was a group of upset Baptists that had written a letter to the president, and they had concerns uh, that it was looking like there was going to be uh, too much preference given to some religions that were getting to meet in the capitals and other buildings and different things. And what Jefferson did, and wisely so, he just said to them, relax, guys, um, there's going to be a separation of church and state. He was referring to the government, the functions. He was referring to uh, the building, the usage. Government will be here Monday. We'll be here Sunday. And it was just a line in a letter to calm a constituent. Well, it just sat dormant till the 1950s when a Supreme Court justice picks up the letter and says, hey, let's create a whole legal doctrine off of this letter and then it was a distortion of what jefferson actually meant he never meant the banning of god from government i mean when we talk about this case we're asking the supreme court to take you know can a county commissioner can a school board member can a member of congress can someone in the florida legislature can they say god help us today as we meet in jesus name i pray amen or did that violate the Constitution? I mean, it's a ridiculous insanity that we're living in where words that the founders never intended are being distorted and twisted to come to end results that are outside what their goals were. 
But that's what the ridiculous insanity is what people are working in each and every day. I mean, they're, they're facing this religious, increased religious persecution that, that is attacking them and saying, hey, you can't talk about that at work. And that's really why I wanted to bring you back Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that in the broadcast. But let me just say, there's lots of misinformation. I appreciate your broadcast and I work for him and these stations because they're giving good information. But the media, the schools, the universities... Uh, There's just this information out there, but it's misinformation. And while the LGBTQ is out of the closet, there's clearly a push to put the Christians squarely in the closet. Yeah, there's no tolerance for that. You know, David, you sent out a newsletter that I get your newsletter and I just it just came uh, or I just yeah, it just came. And it was about a Wisconsin photographer and a blogger, Amy Lawson. Tell her story, because she went on the offensive this time instead of being on the defensive right there in Madison, Wisconsin. Well, and we work with a a lot of cases, Jim, and I was not as involved directly in that particular one. But what we try to do when we are working with the uh, people that contact the ministry and at National Center for Life and Liberty, I want folks to understand they can call us and we don't they're, they're not on the clock. It's a ministry. It's a nonprofit organization. And so we believe firmly that if you give good people good information, they can make good decisions. And when we uh, get contacted by clients and they say, I didn't realize I had the rights to do that, Mm. it's exciting, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a blogger, whether it's a photographer, whether it's a government worker, whether it's a ministry employee, uh, what we find is that if good people get good information, if we give them what they know their rights are, then they can make good decisions. Now, sometimes we'll have people that say, you know what, I know I'm probably over the edge here, but I'm willing to live over the edge. But at least they know it. You know, other people were like, well, I've been pushed so far in the closet, I haven't even been able to mention God, Bible, church, Christian, anything. I've just been slammed back here. And it's empowering for them because then they're able to go, you know what, I'm going to step forward and I am now going to not just work for him, but I'm also going to speak for him. One of the things we encourage folks is as Christians grow quieter, there's voices that fill the void. Uh, we, we <laughs> Say see that again. Say that. As Christians grow quieter. There are voices that fill the void. And those voices have been screaming. Un- Nobody's been standing in front of them for 50 years. And they're screaming anti-God, anti-Bible. They're screaming lies. I, I mean, uh, let, let me give you a Fake lie. news. A lie that's in our culture right now that's just the insanity. Children should decide for themselves without the input of the responsible adults. So teachers, parents, coaches, pastors, mentors were being stifled and were told, just let these kids, I mean, let them decide what gender they want to be. Let them decide what they want to do. Let them decide that they want to be sexually active at age 11. It, it's all the kids' choices. And, boy, these parents are just getting pounded. Like, just be quiet. Pastors are getting pounded. And the reality is the older generation sits by quietly. We're watching the moral insanity of our day as opposed to the dads and the moms and the parents and the teachers stepping up to say, wait a minute, enough is enough. This nonsense. We, you know, and by the way, the Bible teaches the truth of the word of God says the older are supposed to pass values on to the younger. That's what Mm -hmm. we're supposed to do. So with all of that, there is definitely, Jim, a lot of misinformation. That's what I love about what you do at I Work For Him is you say to the workplaces and to the business owners and to the employees, you know, obviously you're there to do a job. We're not trying to turn uh, your for-profit business into a religious organization or a church. 
But here's your rights. Here's what you can do. Here's some ideas. Here's some things to think about. And, you know, you do see some companies like the the Chick-fil-A's or the Hobby Lobby's that say, you know, we do have businesses. We sell chicken sandwiches or we um, sell decorating things for your home. But we can still put our faith and what we believe into it and try to be a faith-friendly, a faith-promoting business. And by the way, the secular people do that. I mean, you see folks that promote leftist ideology. You see folks that want to be green and protect the environment. And and, and all of that's 100% legal. Well, why can't the faith-based community uh, be stepping forward and saying, you know what, it does matter what you believe, and we want to promote our spiritual side with our business as well. You listen to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. Ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power-packed content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com.